There is a story that has been floating around for many centuries. It holds that when the Portuguese explorer Ferdinand Magellan's ships first appeared on the horizon, the native people of Indonesia, Brazil, and West Africa, having never seen a tall ship, not only could they not identify the ships, they couldn't even see them. The reality of tall ships was so outside their worldview that the ships were invisible. This has come to be known as the invisible ships phenomenon. Greetings and welcome to an Odyssey and Territory. I'm your grateful host, Dan Riley. If listening, please follow me on your podcasting hosting site. And if watching on YouTube, please hit that like button, share, and most of all, subscribe. The same story about invisible ships has circled about on every continent. Whether it be of Captain Cook or Christopher Columbus, the story holds the same. Whatever land these great explorers were approaching, the natives couldn't see their ships. Such prodigious vessels were outside the internal maps of reality. The story goes on to say that only when the giant ships were anchored at sea and the explorers boarded tender boats, a vessel very familiar to the natives, were the explorers visible to the indigenous people. Many claim the invisible ships phenomenon is just a myth. Maybe so. Nonetheless, the phenomenon has endured all these centuries because the story has resonance and is extremely instructive on how our internal belief systems work. The axiom, I'll believe it when I see it, should be inverted. You'll see it when you believe it. In a previous podcast, I explained how various hypnotic inductions are used on individuals and specific groups. I won't rehash all those brain-mind methods during this podcast, but I'll link to that in the description below. The phenomenon of hypnosis isn't limited to just individuals or groups of people clucking like chickens at dinner shows. Mass hypnosis is very real and is routinely used by governments and the various institutions they control or align with to manufacture the reality they want their citizens to believe to be true. To an altogether unsuspecting degree, citizens are being manipulated to believe things true that are patently false and vice versa, to believe things false that are patently true. One of the main reasons our country is so divided today is because a critical mass of people have broken the trance. They've woken up. They see the truth regarding the scams and hoaxes that they've been subjected to. Consequently, we are not nearly as divided by Republican or Democrat, progressive or liberal, race or tribe, nationalist or globalist, as we are by those who are awake and those who are still asleep. Those still under the spell of hypnotic themes. Those that actually believe the majority of politicians are noble people. Those that think news anchors are feeding them real news. Citizens of every country are subjected to programming by their government to one degree or another. But it is particularly pervasive for those citizens that live in a country whose government believe they are somehow entitled to rule the world. Countries like Russia and China. And yes, unfortunately, the United States of America. But unlike Russia and China, our founders designed a government that doesn't allow for naked authoritarianism. So the only way America could get away with what it has been doing for these last several decades is to hoodwink the people into supporting their imperialistic activities. It was never intended to be that way. American exceptional was never meant to be brought about by imperialism. We were to be exceptional because the government was to be subordinate to the people. Exceptional because our charter documents were the first of their kind. Exceptional because we were to be government of the people, by the people, and for the people. Kings and dictators were anathema to our founders. 
We were the first modern republic whose leaders were meant to answer to the people, a land where the consent of the governed was mandatory. Boy, how far we've come from that ideal. Okay, so just how is our government able to pull off mass hypnosis on such a grand scale? Well, the first thing to understand is that Western governments, especially the United States, Great Britain, and Germany, have been studying the human mind extensively for a long, long time. Institutions like Stanford Research, the Monroe Institute, Tavistock, and the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agencies, better known as DARPA, and of course the CIA, to name a few, have been studying and experimenting on the human mind for decades. As an aside, if you want to find out how extensive and scary these experiments have been, someday research the CIA's MK Ultra program. In a previous podcast about hypnosis, which I referenced earlier, I talked about the techniques that are used for hypnotic inductions on individuals and specific groups. The techniques used for mass induction are similar, but much more complicated. The first ingredient necessary for mass hypnosis is to seed hypnotic themes into the collective consciousness. What are hypnotic themes? They are known concepts which are universally accepted as true, and they typically have fixed and settled definitions in society. Now, these themes can be good or evil, positive or negative, and they're often twisted and inverted to suit the users, in this case, the government's objectives. Positive hypnotic themes would be concepts like freedom and patriotism. Negative ones would be terrorists and conspiracy theorists. The model or template for how this is done on a grand scale was largely developed by Ivy Lee and Edward Bernays, both men born in the late 80s and widely lauded as geniuses in public relations and advertising. While the truth is, they were responsible for some unspeakable horrors. After the Rockefellers murdered and burned the homes of striking coal miners in Colorado, the event known as the Ludlow Massacre, Ivy Lee was retained by Rockefeller to rehabilitate their name, which Mr. Lee did. Today, most are not aware of Rockefeller's role in that massacre. Sigmund Freud's nephew, Bernays, has a larger resume. After the U.S. entered World War I, the government hired him to build support, both domestically and abroad, for the U.S. involvement in the war. It was with this assignment that he coined the phrase psychological warfare. Back in the 20s, he burnished into the collective minds of the population that bacon and eggs were the true all-American breakfast, replacing toast and coffee. To convince consumers that only disposable cups were sanitary, resulting in ongoing and repeated purchases, he used subliminal imagery of vaginal discharge and venereal disease overflowing into a non-disposable cup. Have you ever heard of the word Dixie Cups? Well, it was Bernays who developed their inaugural ad campaign. One of the most ignominious contributions came when he was hired by the American Tobacco Company to increase sales of Lucky Strike cigarettes to women. He used a two-prong approach. To promote the idea, first, he seeded the hypnotic theme that the ideal woman is thin and cigarettes make for great appetite suppressors. Secondly, he marketed cigarettes cigarettes as torches of freedom for women whose feminine desires were increasingly suppressed by a male-dominated world. Nice job, Bernays. Over the ensuing years, tens of thousands of women became addicted to cigarettes. It was Bernays who pioneered the use of mass psychology and the social sciences into our politics, governments, industry, and virtually all aspects of daily life. 
His thesis was that the behavior of the masses are driven by factors outside their conscious understanding. And that thesis is absolutely true. Therefore, their minds can and should be manipulated by the capable few. And I put capable in quote marks. Here's a quote from Bernays. Intelligent men must realize that propaganda is the modern instrument by which we can fight for productive ends to help bring order out of chaos. It's worth noting that Bernays' autobiography, he claimed Joseph Goebbels of Nazi infamy was a big fan of his. Next, governments employ the social sciences in a cynical and deceitful ways. Here are a few examples. They use authority bias to establish false facts as true and true facts as false. Authority bias is the tendency for individuals to be highly influenced by the opinion of an authority figure unrelated to his or her expertise. This is why people absurdly give credence to movie stars or celebrities opining on climate change or why they listen to greasy politicians advocating for the wearing of silly masks or take the advice of a news anchor imploring them to get a vaccination. Like all cognitive biases, the authority bias is a shortcut our brain uses to save time and energy when making decisions. Another of the social sciences used to hoodwink the masses is herd instinct. Just like wolf packs, bird flocks, and fish schools, we humans tend to herd. We do it in voting, demonstrating, sporting events, religious gatherings, etc., and we ought to be ever vigilant of this natural gravitational pull towards conformity, especially when used to advance dubious agendas. It is only natural to want to be part of the herd, and we've all witnessed what happens to individuals that hold notions, concepts, or precepts that do not comport with the herd consensus of its time. They get dealt with harshly. Galileo was imprisoned for life for accurately claiming the earth revolved around the sun. Once upon a time, women with psychic powers were called witches and were imprisoned or executed for these extrasensory powers. Today, if one's thinking doesn't conform with the herd, they are marginalized. Yeah, you got it. They're called conspiracy theorists. Once the hypnotic themes have been laid, authority, bias, and herd instincts exploited, then the fundamentals of hypnotic induction, fear, and repetition are added to the mix. Voila! the masses have been successfully bamboozled. None of us would readily admit that we were duped into mass hypnosis or mass formation psychosis or, more crudely put, that we've been brainwashed, but history shows it happens often. In the 1960s, the masses believed the Warren Commission that a communist marine misfit assassinated President Kennedy with a magic bullet. Now we know the Warren Commission was a pack of lies. Look at what the decent people of Germany let happen in the 1930s and 40s, or how the whole world was scammed with the global response to the COVID-19 flu virus. Okay, let's take a look at an actual event and deconstruct how mass hypnosis was used, that event being the 9-11 terrorist attack. The official story is preposterous. 19 Arab hijackers who had never piloted a, com a commercial jet penetrated with no challenge from the American military the most guarded airspace on the planet and flew planes into the Twin Towers and the Pentagon all at the direction of a guy with a flip phone residing in a cave in Afghanistan. The official story includes a plane that crashed in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. But, there's no, but there was no plane. 
No debris, no fuselage, no luggage, no seats, no evidence of a crash at all. Just a big hole in the ground. Same with the Pentagon. Some miscellaneous scraps of plane were staged, but no wings, no fuselage, no seats, no luggage, etc. But what was visible was a giant hole in the side of the Pentagon with the same diameter as a missile. And at this late date, still more than 50% of the American people don't know that a third tower collapsed that day. Tower number seven, hit by nothing, collapsed at gravitational acceleration speed. And the official story is that the collapse was due to fires on the 12th floor. I won't spend any more time on the absurdity of the official story of 9-11, but what, what I do want to demonstrate how mass hypnosis was used to sell the story. Here are a few hypnotic themes that were laid centuries ago that may well have been true then, but they certainly are not now today. Number one, that the federal government is basically good and ethical. Maybe a corrupt individual now and then, but the institution is a righteous one. Number two, America is exceptional, period. And number three, it is unpatriotic to question either of those two tenets. If we go all the way back to the 70s and read the transcripts from the Church Committee on Intelligent Activities, we find that the CIA had virtually had infiltrated virtually all news media and consistently dictated the national storyline and how the tenets of those stories were to be inculcated into the population. Today, the entire news media, including social media, are captured operations. You can find many video montage, montage online from San Diego to Kennebunkport, from Seattle to Miami, where scores of local news anchors are using the exact same verbiage. How is it that a news anchor from Reno, Nevada comes up with the exact same phrase when reporting local news as does the anchor from Lookout Mountain, Tennessee? Watch or listen to this video. Antonio's Jessica Headley. And I'm Ryan Wolf. Our, our greatest, greatest responsibility, responsibility is, to is to serve our, our Treasure Valley communities. The El Paso Las Cruces communities. Eastern Iowa communities. Mid-Michigan communities. We are extremely proud of the quality, balanced journalism that CBS4 News produces. But we are concerned about trouble and trying to be responsible one sided news stories plaguing our country. Plaguing our country. The sharing of biased and false news has become all too common on social media. More alarming, some media outlets publish the same fake stories without checking facts first. The sharing of biased and false, false news has, has become, become all too common, common on, on social, social media. media. More alarming, some media this is extremely dangerous to our democracy. 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 It is extremely dangerous to our democracy when all the politicians, media figures, and Hollywood personalities parrot the government story on 
Given the phenomenon of authority bias, they have a critical mass of the population believing the BS story. And the mass, po the mass population is never, on any meaningful scale, ever exposed to credible voices that can expose the government's fraud. Those folks are censored. Just look at the response to the recent COVID pandemic. It is breathtaking to learn just how wide-ranging and coordinated the censorship has been. Okay, so once the hypnotic themes have been seated and all the public figures are singing out of the same hymnal, they know any detractors will be handled by the mass population themselves. Critics will naturally run headfirst into a hostile herd who will ridicule and lampoon them. See how this works? Brilliant, but diabolical. Let's take this deconstruction down to the individual level. How in the hell can so many otherwise smart people fall prey to these psychological operations? Einstein once said that imagination is more important than knowledge. I'm here to tell you that personal psychology is more important than intellect when it comes to discerning truth. As I mentioned earlier, governments and their aligned institutions have dedicated a tremendous amount of time and money doing research and experimentation on the human mind. What they discovered and psychologists can confirm is that everyone has their own unique blueprint for how they believe the world works, which is pretty much set in stone by the time we are about 20 years old. By this time, we've gone through the imprint, modeling, and socialization periods, and our maps of reality are set, and virtually all our beliefs, proposed facts, events, and circumstances we encounter after this time are psychologically filtered through our individual blueprints. If real-time events are inconsistent with our maps of reality, we distort, delete, or completely tune them out. That's why the natives couldn't see Magellan's ships. There you have it. The anatomy of mass hypnosis brought all the way down to the individual level. And now for the sunny side. Psychologists also tell us we can free ourselves from this programming. First, by awareness, understanding that our natural psychological tendencies can and will be used against us. Advertisers do it all the time. Our inherent and innate psychological drive towards safety, security, and belonging to the herd are constantly being exploited by nefarious forces. Next is to consistently challenge and update our set of beliefs, our maps of reality, our personal blueprints for how we believe the world works. Can aluminum really slice through steel reinforced concrete like a hot knife through butter? Do planes really disintegrate when they come crashing back to earth? Can a fire on a single floor really make a high-rise collapse into its own footprint at gravitational acceleration speed? Here's some good news. The awakened population is now exponentially growing. Mainstream news broadcasts and print news sources are losing viewers and readers at breathtaking rates. Conversely, citizen journalism, non-corporate blogs, and substack newsletters revealing actual truth and exposing propaganda are growing by double digits every year. So just maybe, just maybe, we are approaching a critical mass when the good citizens of the Western worlds are going to free their minds from these sinister forces that would otherwise control them and enter that golden age which has been prophesied, dreamt about, and longed for since the dim mist of antiquity. And as for today and my part, that's all there is. This is Dan Riley taking you on an odyssey into oratory. Until next time, sail away from the sea. Catch the trade winds in your sails. We're on the move now.